Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 9 Recap Week 10 Preview for the 2022 NFL season. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. Before we get into things, what's going on with you? Uh, nothing, man. Just, uh, you know, looking forward to this week. Uh, two weeks ago, we had a super hot week, uh, heavily green this week. We kind of leveled out a little bit, about 500. So I'm hoping we can, you know... Push through a few better picks this week and, you know, get back to that 10, 11, 12 uh, win range. Yeah, some decent picks from Jeremy. Not many from me. I eked out four uh, correct picks. I think the the Vikings, you know, they held on for me. One there towards the end. Um, but some of the first half spreads we had just were not good. Uh, the Bills fucked us. The Eagles fucked us on the first half. The Chiefs fucked us on the first half as well, but the Mahomes passing yard pick that I had was pretty sharp. Overall, I mean, this was a week from hell. You know, all of your pretty heavy favorites uh, lost. There was teams that I thought were just going to come out and boat race competition that lost. The Raiders, uh, the Bills, the the Chiefs, they, they won, but only by three points. It was tough. It was a really tough week, so... We'll jump into things. Uh, we'll start off on Thursday night. Eagles-Texans. Eagles now 8-0. They won this one 29-17. The Texans still with that one win. Hurts, 243 and two TDs. Miles Sanders with an impressive game, 93 yards and a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell got into the end zone. Dallas Goddard had 100 yards receiving and a TD. A.J. Brown had 60 and a TD. Uh, defense looked good. We had a James Bradbury interception and a Chauncey Gardner interception for Davis Mills. 154, two TDs and two interceptions. Damian Pierce with an impressive performance despite getting into the end zone uh, or not getting into the end zone. He had 139 on the ground on 27 carries. We had Philip Dorsett with 69 yards total. Chris Moore with 43 and a touchdown. And Tegan Quatoriano with two yards and a touchdown. Uh, really weird game. Um, the the Texans started really hot. They matched the Eagles in the first half. It was 14-14 going into halftime. Eagles were better in the second half than they usually are, but they were playing the Texans. Texans just weren't able to keep up the pace. So a good win for the Eagles, but honestly, I think this probably uh, should have been more of a slaughter. I think the Eagles kind of got lucky that the Texans just slowed down there at the end, but... Uh, I mean, I guess you can't argue with 8-0, even if the schedule is the easiest it's ever been. Yeah, I agree. This game should have been um, not quite this close. Um, but it was good to see the Eagles, like you said, uh, put on put on a little more of a show in the second half when they needed to. Um, because we, as we've discussed plenty of times, that seems to be their problem this year is that second half of football. Um, but, yeah, like you said, another win, not in super convincing fashion, um, but it does push them to 8-0. and and then that Quitoriano guy that scored the first touchdown wasn't even available on a lot of sports books. So <laughs> yeah. They did give out some refunds, which I thought was funny because he's he like was... their fourth string tight end or something. Yep. He was but listed yeah, all, as all the, the, the Eagles. The, any other, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm sure he was like plus 6,500 or something insane. Um, okay, let's move into the 1 p.m. window. Colts, Pats, Colts 3, New England Patriots 26. Jesus Christ, Sam Ellinger is as bad, uh, or is worse than I thought. 103 in an interception. He rushed for 39 yards. Deion Jackson rushed for 23 on 11 carries. Not a great day for him. Uh, Michael Pittman was bottled up. He had 22 yards. Same for Alec Pierce, 23 yards. 
there's really nothing to talk about for the Colts offense. It was non-existent. Only three points is just brutal. Uh, Mac Jones, 147 and a TD. Ramondre Stevenson, 60 yards um, and a TD through the air. He had 10 yards receiving. Hunter Henry was the number one receiver in this one with 50 yards, and Jacoby Myers tallied 42. Uh, John Jones had an interception for the Pats, and I'll be honest, Matthew Judon looked absolutely killer in this game. He had three sacks, uh, four tackles, and two assists. So really good game for the Colts or the, the Pats defense, but they probably should have won this game. I, I don't really see um, any sort of offensive spark for the Colts. They fired their OC Marcus Brady uh, before this game. And then now we know uh, Frank Reich was fired yesterday. So uh, Colts now going with uh, Jeff Saturday, who was never coached in the NFL. He was, he's a legendary Colts lineman, but um, I don't know, man. I don't know if that's, uh, that's the play, but this was a good win by the Pats. Nice to see them at five and four and the Colts now three, five and one. Yeah, no, this game was where I made 90% of my money yeah. on Sunday. Um, I already was big on the pads before the game. And then after that first quarter, when the Colts were literally just moving the ball backwards, um, I had to get back in uh, more on there. Uh, it just seemed like the Colts were never going to get anything going, and they didn't. Um, but, I mean, when your top receiver has 23 um, receiving yards and when your quarterback is your leading rusher, there's not a lot going right for them. Um, so I don't think Jeff Saturday's going to be the answer, but they did need something new in there. And then for the Patriots, uh, they're just, you know, Bill Bell checking their way to win. So Mac Jones not doing too much, 145 yards. Uh, defense is playing well. I mean, they up a touchdown. Uh, they're running the football. I mean, it's pretty much a Bill Belichick Patriots team without Tom Brady. And it, it looks good. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> okay. Let us move on. We have, oh, yeah, this was a tough one. Packers 9, Detroit Lions 15. Packers now 3 and 6, the Lions 2 and 6. Good fucking Lord. Um, Aaron Rodgers, 291, a touchdown and three interceptions. He rushed for 40 yards. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones both got bottled up in this one. We had Alan Lazard catch 87 yards worth of football with the TD. But other than that, really quiet. Nothing to talk about uh, besides Jair Alexander. He had an interception in this game. Uh, Jared Goff, 137, two TDs and an interception. Jamal Williams, 81 yards on the ground. Swift looks like a ghost. I don't know what's going on there. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, 55 yards. DeAndre Swift, 40 through the air. And then we had a James Mitchell and a Shane Zilstra touchdown. Both of those guys uh, combined for less than 10 yards and both had TDs. So. Lions defense is terrible, but they looked good against Rodgers just because he's so lost. Um, this was a great win for the Lions. I don't really think there's anything for us to take from it because I don't. I still don't think they're good. I think Dan Campbell is a bad coach, and I think their roster overall is is kind of malnourished. So um, I, I think this is just more telling that the Packers are actually as bad uh, as their record states. They really suck. Yeah, no, things are things are getting bleak there in Green Bay. Um, I mean, not only did they just lose to the Lions um, for the second time in two years, which I never thought I would see. Um, Romeo Dubes out for four to six weeks, ankle injury. Randall Cobb still can't come back from his ankle injury. Aaron Jones went down. Um, 
I'm not sure the severity of that. I didn't check that this morning. Christian Watson had to leave the game to get evaluated for a concussion. He did come back. Yep. But they're not they're not gaining weapons. They're losing weapons. And Aaron Rodgers just doesn't look quite like Aaron Rodgers. Um, there was some absurd stat. He had like 45 straight passing touchdowns against division opponents inside the red zone without a turnover. Um, and then he threw three picks in the red zone. Yeah. So um, that, that doesn't tend to win football games. So they're, um, they're in trouble. And this is the Vikings division from here on out, it seems. Yeah, it's crazy because you would, you know, expect the Vikings to be the team that, that blows it uh, and the Packers come out and, you know, win towards the end and take the division. But that's not happening. It's not going to happen this year. The Vikings have six in a row, I think, and the Packers are just totally incompetent, which is it's a tough look. Okay, uh, the L.A. Chargers 20, Atlanta Falcons 17. Chargers now 5-3, and three, the Falcons 4-5. and five. Unfortunately, they are my second favorite team, probably. Um, Herbert looked okay in this one, 245, a TD and an interception. Eckler had 47 and a TD on the ground. Uh, Josh Palmer with 100 yards receiving. He had 106 on eight catches. Uh, Michael Bandy, 26. DeAndre Carter, 53. And Everett, 36. Austin Eckler also had 24 yards receiving with a TD through the air. Uh, defense looked okay in this one. The Chargers are just so depleted. It is really tough to watch them because you know they could be a lot better than they are playing right now. Um, the Falcons stayed in this game. I just think it comes down to the injuries that the Chargers have. Uh, the Falcons didn't play all that well. Mariota had 129 yards through the air. Al- Algier, Algier, I don't know. He's been on my team all year. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. He had 99 yards rushing. Cordero Patterson's back. He had 44 and two TDs. Um, the rest of the carries were delegated to Huntley and Mariota. Kyle Pitts, two yards or two receptions for 27 yards. Uh, Drake London, three catches for 23 yards. And then we had the KS with 19 and Cordero Hodge with 19. Tough, man. Really tough uh, offensive performance for the Falcons outside of Cordero and, and Allgaier. Um, their defense played okay, but overall, this was a disappointing uh, loss for the Falcons just because of that thing at the end where uh, they recovered that fumble from Eckler and then turned it back over and lost on the field goal. That was tough. I thought maybe we'd be headed to overtime, uh, but the Falcons just let it slip through their fingers here. Really tough, but uh, a, a fun game, honestly, to watch. Yeah, it was fun to watch, but it was, like you said, it was kind of their game to lose. Um, the Chargers dealing with a bunch of injuries. They even went up 10-0 in the first quarter. And then they just hit too many dry spells with Mariota as their quarterback. Um, he's not moving the ball. He's not taking risks. Um, he missed Kyle Pitts wide open on what would have been like a 75-yard touchdown. Um, he overthrew him, which I didn't know Marcus Mariota could do, um, by like 10 yards. Uh, it wasn't even close. And at this point, uh, I think – they got to let Desmond Ritter get in here eventually. I mean, how, Mariota may have won you four games, but he's not winning any games. He's going out there and throwing for 120 yards, and then um, Algier and Patterson have won them their games so far this season. So I wouldn't mind seeing Desmond Ritter get in at some point. I know he may not be the answer, but, I mean, it's worth a shot because we know Marcus Mariota isn't the answer. Yeah, I, I don't think that's uh, that's even a question. Okay, <clears throat> where are we at? Oh, Bill's Jets, good Lord. Bills oh, no. 17, Jets 20. The Buffalo Bills are now 6-2. and two. The New York Jets are 6-3, and three, which I don't think anybody expected. Um, first takeaway is the Jets' defense is 
absolutely legit. They are really, really good. They're winning games despite Zach Wilson being terrible, unequipped, not ready for the NFL whatsoever. And I, I have to say, it's very impressive. I think they're a better team than the Giants. Um, I think they really can't. They're really going to be able to stay in games as long as the defense uh, keeps up. And this was a prime example of what you know what defense can do uh, for a team that has an underperforming offense since they've lost. Um, what's his name? Brees Hall. Uh, the defense has had to step up, and they absolutely have. So I'll jump into the stats for the Bills. Josh Allen, 205, two interceptions, no TDs for him. Uh, Josh Allen, 86 yards rushing, two rushing TDs. Stephon Diggs, 93 yards on five catches. The rest of the receivers didn't hardly do anything, so not worth talking about. The Jets, 154 and a TD for Wilson. Michael Carter, 76 and a rushing TD. James Robinson, 48. Wilson rushed for 24 yards as well. In terms of receiving, Garrett Wilson's the only one of note. He had 92 yards on eight catches. James Robinson did catch a pass, a five-yard pass for a TD as well. But it was the defense. It's Sauce Gardner. It's Whitehead. Joyner. I mean, these guys are all really solid. Um, Sauce Gardner had such a good game, man. Three tackles, an interception. Whitehead had the interception as well. Overall, this team is just so solid. it's crazy to to think that they're able to do this and be six and three with Zach Wilson under the helm, but they do have some weapons, and I think they're a QB away from being a really, really good team. Yeah, their defense is impeccable. Um, Sal is running a tight ship over there. He seems to know what he's doing. Um, and he's always, you know, good for the Niners defensively. Um, but for the Bills. Um, Outside of Stefan Diggs, it seems like their wide receiver core uh, is not performing this yeah. year. Um, Gabe Davis might be the most overhyped player in the league. Um, he, I don't know, he's like Mike Williams uh, times 100. Like He does nothing for 90% of the games and then shows up one, one time a year. Yep. Um, Josh Allen, elbow injury is the most concerning thing to come out of this game. Um, hopefully it's not too serious, but that's definitely something to you know, to monitor moving forward here. Um, Because if he's done, I mean, Case Keenum's not a bad quarterback, but he's not Josh Allen, and that would put a major damper on the Buffalo Bills season here moving forward. Yep. Uh, Okay, let's move into the next one. We had Vikings Commanders. Good God, this one came down to the wire. The Commanders led for a majority of the game. Um or not a majority, but for a solid portion of the game. Kirk Cousins, 265, two TDs and an interception. Dalvin Cook, 47 yards on 17 carries. Awful, may I add. Uh, Justin Jefferson, 115 in the TD. Hawkinson, 70 yards. Thielen, 67 yards. And then Dalvin had a TD, but Jesus Christ, pretty disastrous performance from him. Uh, I, I just don't think he's as good as people say. Heineke, 149, two TDs and an interception. Brian Robinson, 44 yards on the ground on 13 carries. Curtis Samuel, 65 and a TD. McLaurin with 56. Uh, and then we had Dax Milne, who actually scored a touchdown as well. Never fucking heard of that guy in my life. Um, but a really good performance from the Vikings. They won it in clutch time. They're 7-1. and one. The Commanders now 4-5, and five, despite having a chance to win this game. Yeah, I mean... Heinke keeps keeping him in football games. Um, 
he i don't know he's he's a leader for them it seems it's i mean we've said it before and i'll say it again it seems like when he's out there the guys play harder than when carson Wentz is out there mm-hmm. um i mean they're in these football games they've had a couple good games in a row here they're stringing together some offense Curtis Samuel had an unbelievable play where the Vikings DB ran into the ref and then Curtis Samuel caught it for like a 55-yard touchdown or something. That was fun to watch. Um, but, I mean, the Vikings keep getting the job done. I mean, down 17-7, to and Kirk somehow leads three good drives in the fourth quarter. I didn't think I'd ever see that out of him, but he did it, and they won the football game. So, I mean, like we said a couple minutes ago, I mean, this is their division, and I don't think they're going to lose it anytime soon. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. Okay, uh, into the next one. We had, oh yeah, this was a slaughter. Panthers 21, Bengals 42. Don't be fooled. Uh, the Panthers scored all those TDs in garbage time. Uh, Baker was back in this one. He had 155 and two TDs. Deontay Foreman just absolutely scripted out of the game because they were down for so much for so long. Uh, he had 23 yards. Harris Marshall, 53 in a TD. Tommy Tremble had a TD. Uh, other than that, really nothing to talk about. In terms of the Bengals, Joe Burrow didn't play all that well. He had 206 in a TD, but the TD was to Mixon, who had four touchdowns by himself on the ground. 153, four TDs. Burrow rushed one in, and then we had a Mixon receiving touchdown as well, the one that I mentioned. He had 58 yards uh, through the air, so... Unbelievable game for Mixon, 200 scrimmage yards, five TDs. T. Higgins was your lead receiver with 60 yards, but overall, this was just the Mixon show. The Bengals' defense played pretty well, but they did let up all those points there towards the end. Uh, Easy cover for those of you that were on the Bengals, but uh, yeah, I mean, the Panthers are bad. It's it's okay for them to be losing. They need to tank, but um, a good win for the Bengals to get back on track after that disappointment against the Browns. Yeah, I'm all I'm all here for the tank. Uh, let's keep it rolling. Really wish we didn't win that game a couple weeks ago against the Bucks, but hey, it is what it is. Um, the Bengals' offense looked good, um, even without Jamar. That was nice to see. Um, Joe Mixon had the second-best fantasy performance um, in the history of fantasy football. Um, in terms of st- it's either standard scoring or standard PPR scoring. So, like, if you don't use bonuses, I know a lot of leagues use all the bonuses and all that fun stuff, and we do too because um, it makes it a lot more interesting. But, yeah, second greatest performance ever, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, five touchdowns. Uh, I know Mixon owners have been waiting for that, but he looked good. Um, he finally got the ball movement. He'd been kind of bottled up all year, so that's good to see. They're going to need that um, if Jamar's out. And, I mean, that division might heat up here down the stretch with them and the Ravens. I'm excited to see uh, – how that plays out. Yeah, for sure. Okay, <clears throat> let's jump into the next one. We had Raiders-Jags. Oh, good God, this was a tough one. Eric Carr, 259, two TDs, no interceptions, which was nice. Uh, Josh Jacobs, 67 on the ground, no TDs. That's two weeks in a row now. Devontae Adams, 146, two TDs. Quiet in the second half, though. Um, that's really all that's worth mentioning for the Raiders, to be honest with you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, 235 in a TD. Etienne, 109, two TDs. Christian Kirk had 76 in a TD. Marvin Jones had 48, and Zay Jones had 40 as well. Jags defense didn't play great, but their offense sure did. Jags now 3-6. and six. Raiders 2-6. and six. Raiders, just like the Packers, are really bad. Uh, the more and more I watch Devontae Adams, the more I realize he should have just stayed in Green Bay. 
Um, but what are you going to do? You know, it happened. He's at the Raiders now. They're two and six. The Packers are three and six. They just, they shouldn't have broken that up. They shouldn't have broken up that synergy because now they're both suffering, except they're not suffering together. They're suffering apart. Yeah. Um, this is not a good look for either team. Uh, like you said here, I mean, Derek Carr is hard to watch. Um, sometimes, I mean, they're up 17, zero against the Jags who haven't been able to get anything going um, and you lose the game, that's just not good at all. Um, I mean, Devontae Adams had nine receptions for 144 yards in the first half and then had one reception for two yards in the second half. Um, Derek Carr does not look for anyone else. Um, there were plenty of opportunities to move the ball forward, convert on third downs. Um, most notably, I noticed in the fourth quarter, there were two third downs where Foster Moreau was wide open, standing in the middle mm -hmm. of the field um, when they only needed like four yards. And instead, he's trying to throw back shoulder fades into triple covered Devontae Adams. It just doesn't make sense. Um, they, I don't know. Derek Carr's costing them football games. I mean, Josh Jacobs has looked unbelievable for the, the last like four weeks. And then these last two weeks, he's done nothing because Derek Carr cannot give him an opportunity to do anything. Um, and I don't know. They're. They're looking bleak. There's a lot of teams that were supposed to be good this season that are not looking good, and the Raiders are definitely one of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, let's move on to the next one. Dolphins-Bears. Dolphins 35, Bears 32. The Bears are now 3-6. and six. The Dolphins 6-3. and three. Tua with another great game. 302, three TDs. Jeff Wilson had 51 yards rushing. He already is out snapping Mostert. Mostert had 26 in a TD. Tyreek Hill, 143 on seven catches with a TD. Jalen Waddle, 85 on five with a TD. Jeff Wilson had 21 yards receiving in a TD as well. So that trade already paying dividends. Justin Fields, this is insane. He threw for 123 yards, but three TDs. He also rushed for 178 yards and had a TD. Uh, Darnell Mooney, 43 in a TD. Cole Komet, 41 and two TDs. Do we think Justin Fields is for real? Because this was a Mike Vick type performance. And I'm a longtime Justin Fields hater. I, I don't know if he's for real or not. I'm still not ready to say it. But he's looked really, really good since they've unleashed him. Let him play like Lamar. And if they can continue to do that and improve around him, uh, I think I can be convinced that he can be the answer at QB for the Bears. Yeah, he's been fun to watch. Um, like you, I'm a little hesitant to say that he is, you know, a top top quarterback now. You know, like, but he he does seem to be turning the corner. Yeah, um, I do still think there will be games throughout the rest of the season where he does still show some growing pains as they unleash him here. Um, but, I mean, he looks like a whole new football player from four weeks ago. Um, he doesn't even look like the same guy. Their offense has looked unbelievable. Um, Cole Komet is playing football again. Um, yeah. After having like four touchdown receptions in the preseason, he did nothing for seven weeks, and then he had two touchdowns this week, so that was cool. Um I mean, yeah, Justin Fields is the big storyline out of that game and probably the NFL this week. I mean, he looked awesome, almost 200 rushing yards, um, three passing TDs. And then, I mean, on the Dolphins' side, obviously they did what we expect. <laughs> I mean, 
Tua threw for three touchdowns. Tyreek and Waddle combined for 250 yards. Um, Jeff Wilson, your guy, he even yeah. got involved. He had a touchdown. He he looks like he's going to be in an even split or maybe even taking over a little bit of that backfield. So that's good to see um, for their offense that they added another weapon that they're going to use because they didn't really use Chase Edmonds. Um, so now that they have two running backs that they can use and they have that elite wide receiving core, I mean, they're going to be – they might steal the division um, if – if things keep going the way they're going. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm I'm mega excited to see what the Dolphins have uh, in store for us in the backfield because obviously we know what the deal is with their uh, receivers, but I, I'd like Jeff Wilson to actually get some respect. Uh, okay, let's move into one of my better picks of the week. Seahawks 31, Cardinals 21. Seahawks now 6-3 and three in sole possession of the NFC West. The Cardinals 3-6, and six, I believe they're at the bottom. Um, maybe, maybe the Rams are at the bottom. I don't know. They both suck. Uh, Geno Smith, 275, two TDs, an interception. Kenneth Walker with another stunner, 109, and two TDs on 26 carries. Noah Fant was your lead receiver with 96 yards on five catches. Lockett had 67 and a TD, and DK had 37 and a TD. Defense played well enough, but the Cardinals did get a couple of TDs in this one. Kyler had 175 and two TDs, 60 yards rushing on eight carries. Rondale Moore was the lead receiver with 69 uh, on eight catches. Ertz, 40 and a TD, and then Hopkins, 36 and a TD. At the beginning of the game, it looked like um, Hopkins was just going to shit all over the Seahawks secondary, but they figured out how to bottle them up. Uh, They played much better in the second half in terms of um or really in the second quarter the second half was just eh but they did a better job of of bottling up uh DeAndre Hopkins so I think the Seahawks team is legit to be honest with you um Pete Carroll's definitely in coach of the year conversations I I think that's fair and I think Gino really is he has really grown up since the last time we saw him sort of in a starting role he knows what his role is he's been extremely effective he still has some legs he can get away and I I just think the Seahawks team they're they're really playing well for Gino and for Pete Carroll so good on them I mean I I think the league's better when the Seahawks are good so uh it's it's been a really fun experiment to watch yeah no they are fun to watch um I mean Gino it's nice to see him you know, perform. I have a, I have a tough time believing there's any gene, you know, haters out there. I mean, that's kind of hard to believe. It's not like he's done that much to have any haters out there. So I'm sure a lot of people are happy to see him, uh, see him performing the way, the way he can. It seems like uh, he's been doing good. Kenneth Walker um, looks unbelievable. He's definitely their future there um, in the backfield. Uh, Rashad Penny getting injured might have been the best thing to happen to them, sadly. Um, as bad as that is to say, but he looks really good. Um, I mean, he went off in that second half, had those two tutties, and kind of iced the game for them there. So that's good for them to see. Cardinals, after, I don't know, that first drive they came out hot, and then like the score isn't that bad, but it seemed like they were just struggling to get get plays in bunches. They would get a play here, a play there. Um, tough stringing stuff together. Uh, they're kind of up and down. They're a lot different than the uh, undefeated team they were last year. Uh, that's for sure, but I don't think I don't think their team's bad. But I just this doesn't feel like their year. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, let's uh, move into the next one. We only have a couple more games left. Uh, Rams thirteen, Bucks sixteen. Both of these teams fucking suck ass. 
Uh, Stafford, 165 and a TD. Henderson, 56 on 12 carries. Cooper Cup, 127 and a TD on eight catches. He's the only good player that played uh, in this game. Allen Robinson was the second receiver with 24 yards, which is so bad. Um, Tom Brady, 280, a TD. Rashad White, 27 on the ground on eight carries. Pretty paltry uh, for him and for Fournette. Kate Otten had 68 and a TD. That was the clutch TD there towards the end. Mike Evans, 40 yards. Fournette, 41 receiving. Scott Miller, 53 receiving. So, pretty ugly game in terms of offense. I don't, I don't know. The Bucks aren't good. They're four and five, but the Rams are really not good. They're three and five. I don't know if you enjoyed this game. I think it was nice to see Brady score a clutch TD, but I'm still not sold on the Bucks. And I think the Rams. I don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs. They suck. Yeah, no, the Rams uh, have fallen heavily from their Super Bowl grace from last season. Yeah. Uh, they look terrible. Um, somehow Cam Akers played. I'm pretty sure both sides came to the agreement that they were never playing again for the Rams, and yet here he was playing um, just because Sean McVay has some weird obsession with him, even though he's not good at football. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, the, the Rams, the Cooper Cups, uh, he did everything again. Um, I mean, outside of Cooper Cup, Matt Safford had 38 passing yards. Uh, so that is horrible. Um, for Tom Brady and the Bucks, I mean... Tom did his thing. I mean, he threw the ball 60 times, which is unbelievable, but and only one touchdown. And then Lenny seems to be losing his job. Um, I don't know what that's about. I mean, he hasn't looked phenomenal, but, I mean, to be losing your job um, to Rashad White after you got such high praise to start the year and at the end of last year, um, it's not a good look moving forward. And the Bucks, they're going to make the playoffs, but and you obviously can't count Tom Brady out in the playoffs. We all know how that goes. But their team just does not look like a well-oiled Tom Brady football team. No, he's constantly upset. Um, I just don't think they're playing to what he's you know, used to. But at the same time, he really isn't either. Um, he's overthrowing guys. He's just he's missing his spots. Like it's not it's not what we're used to from Tom Brady. And it is strange. And I don't really like it uh, because it makes it really hard to, to trust the Bucks and to bet on the Bucks. It's you're taking your life in your hands every week if you bet on them. Same thing with the Rams. So I don't know. Uh Titans Chiefs. Titans 17. Chiefs 20. Chiefs now six and two. Titans five and three. It is insane to me that the Titans stayed in this game with Malik Willis as the QB. He had 80 yards. He threw the ball 16 times. Five completions from your QB, and you stay in the game against probably, after this week, the best team in the league, I think. Uh, Henry, 115, two TDs, of course. Uh, their highest receiver was Chig Okonkwo, who had 48 yards on one catch. He's like, I don't even know what position he plays, to be honest with you. I don't know if he's a tight end. I think he's a tight end, but he's a big tight end. Um, he had that long catch at the beginning of the game. I think it was their first drive and then nothing after that. So their defense, the Titans defense is legit. They played pretty well, um, to hold the chiefs to 20 points. I think is impressive to be honest and to stay in the game. It, I, I would put it all on the defense and, and, uh, Derek Henry, Pat Mahomes, 
446, a TD, an interception. He had 63 yards rushing and a rushing TD. No run game uh, for the Chiefs in this one outside of Pat. The receiving core had a pretty good day. 106 for Kelsey on 10 catches. Juju had 80 yard on 10, uh, 88 on 10 catches. And Hardman, 79 and a TD. Uh, the rest, pretty much not worth talking about. But a really, really good performance from Mahomes. There were points where I thought they weren't going to be able to do it. But Pat shined through. This was the uh, second most uh, pass attempts for any QB in an NFL game. And, of course, I have Mahomes in fantasy, so he won me the week. Thank God. I really needed it. Game went to OT, but the Chiefs were able to pull it out. So, what do you think? I mean, this was this was a good watch. Yeah, no, this is kind of a testament to what the Titans have been doing the last two years, playing really good defense, keeping them in games, and letting Derrick Henry and their run game kind of lead the pack. Um, it's clear now that Ryan Tannehill does nothing um, because Malik Willis literally did nothing. And they almost won the football game, but for the Chiefs, it was a it was a win they needed. Um, especially, you know, only giving up 17 points, you got to come away with that win when you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. Um, I mean, he threw 450 yards, which is very impressive. He even got the legs going for once, um, which is something you only see from him a couple times a year now. It feels like, um, and it gets exciting when he gets out of the pocket, starts running. So that was fun. Um, I mean, yeah, overall, very high-quality football game. A matchup we might see again in the playoffs at some point, and um, it would be a good, it'd be a good watch then, too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the Titans can do down the stretch because they, they do notoriously falter. They faltered last year against the Bengals, even though their defense was like top of the line last year. Um, so that's, that's something to pay attention to for sure. Okay, Ravens 27, New Orleans Saints 13. The Ravens are now 6 and 3. The Saints go down to 3 and 6. Lamar Jackson with 133 in a TD uh through the air. Kenyon Drake 93 and two TDs on the ground. Lamar rushed for 82 yards on 11 carries, so that was back a little bit. Isaiah likely had a 24-yard catch for a TD. Uh James Prochet had 22 yards on two catches. Other than that, actually nothing going on. Uh, through the air for the Ravens. They targeted Deshaun Jackson a lot, but a couple of bad calls uh, and some some ugly drops uh, kept him from amassing any number of yards. Andy Dalton, 210, a TD, an interception. Kamara rushed for 30 yards, but wasn't able to get into the end zone. Olave had 71. Jawan Johnson had 42 and a TD in garbage time. Kamara also had 32 yards receiving, but a pretty quiet night from him overall. Saints defense didn't look very good. Uh, Ravens defense, I think, played a really average, excuse me, average game. But the Saints offense is just so bad. So, you know, uh, a good win for the Ravens. But this was just kind of what everybody expected, I think. Yeah, I I said in our group chat yesterday that the Ravens money line might be a whale play. I mean, they were only, what, minus one and a half? Um, against a poor, poor Saints team led by Andy Dalton. I mean, I don't, I don't think this game was ever really going to be in doubt. Um, I mean, they did go up fourteen zero, and that kind of put all, all hope aside for the Saints. It feels like because if they're down fourteen, they can't make that push back. In my opinion, uh, they couldn't get Alvin Kamara going, which has been the focal point of their offense the last couple weeks. Um, Kenyon Drake's been eating somehow in the year twenty twenty two. Um, I'm not really sure what that's about, but he's looked good. 
Um, and the Ravens just continue to play Baltimore Ravens football. Um, Lamar will throw for 150 to 200 yards. Um, no receiver really does anything outside of Mark Andrews, who wasn't available this week, obviously. And they just run their opponents into the ground, and that's what they're going to continue to do, and we're going to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, picks, I guess, for the week. Um, all right, let me pull up book. I was not prepared, I guess, this morning. Um, okay. Cool. I also don't have a Google Doc open, so pardon me, everybody. You'll, you'll have to bear with me here. Um, bad. I never do that. It's okay. I can lead us off while you get that Google Doc going. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I got us up. All right. First game Thursday, we got the Falcons taking on the Panthers um, in Carolina. Panthers are three-point underdogs at home. Falcons are minus 158 on the money lines, and the total is set at 44 and a half. This game... Might be the first Thursday night game all year I don't bet on um, because I feel like it's going to be low scoring. I feel like there's not going to be many good player props to look at. Um, Baker Mayfield is going to be at the helm for the Panthers, which gives me some semblance of hope that he might have these like spark games where everyone counts him out and he does good, and then he goes back to irrelevancy. Um, so for that reason, I'm going to take the Panthers plus three at home. Um, okay. If they win, I win money. If they lose, I'm happy because we get a better draft pick. So I'm going to go with the Panthers plus three at home. Beautiful. Uh, I am going to go with Falcons Moneyline and a quarter L Patterson TD. I absolutely love it. That's my boy. Uh, I don't think he gets enough respect for being a 35-year-old, seven uh, running back and succeeding. So I'm going to take quarter L coming off that injury. He looked really good last week. Um. Up next, we have the Seattle Seahawks taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Raymond James. Uh, so it's a home game for the Bucks. Seahawks currently two and a half point dogs plus 120 on the money line. And it looks like to me um, that they think the Seahawks are actually going to win this game. They're just giving the Bucks the three points for home field. Money's pretty much split. I'm going to take the Seahawks on the money line. They haven't done me wrong yet. I think I have to ride with them and, and respect Geno. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad play. I'm kind of nervous. I feel like, I don't know, Tom Brady losing to Geno Smith just doesn't feel no, right. No, it doesn't <laughs> feel right. You're, you're right. You're absolutely right. It does not feel right. But the Bucks have looked absolutely terrible. Yeah. So, so bad. Um, the Seahawks defense hasn't looked great. It's looked okay. I'm going to go. I've been, I've been betting the under on every Tom Brady game, and they've been smacking. Um, but I'm going to go with the over here. I'm going to go over 44 and a half. I do think the Seahawks put up some points. Um, and I do think Kenneth Walker, you know, will probably find the crib. So that's probably not a bad bet. Um, yeah. if that was up anyone's alley, but I'm going to go with the over here. I think Tom Brady's going to have to throw the ball and put up some points. Um, and hopefully they do. Cool. Uh, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Kansas city chiefs at Arrowhead up next chiefs currently nine and a half point favorites minus four thirty on the money line. The Jags are plus 340 on the money line. The over-under set at 50.5. I think the over actually is free as fuck in this game. 
Um, there's definitely a chance that the Chiefs can score 40, 40, 44, uh, 45 points by themselves, to be honest. Uh, and I think the Jags actually score a couple TDs too. However, I'm going to go with uh, something that I think is going to become old faithful for me with Mahomes' passing yards. I don't know what they are. It doesn't matter. He's going to smash them. Uh, so I'll go with that. I do like that. Um, what I'm going to do, I do like the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Uh, yeah. That seems pretty straightforward. I don't see the, the Jags getting anywhere near covering this line. Um, I'm going to go have a little fun here. I'm going to go Chiefs minus six and a half with the Travis Kelsey touchdown. Okay. Chiefs minus six and a half. All and a Kelsey TD. Beautiful. Uh, up next, Texans, Giants. Giants currently six and a half point favorites. Money's all over the Giants. They're minus 290 on the money line. The over-under set at 40 and a half. Ooh, don't touch that. But I am going to take the Giants six and a half. I don't feel like I need to move it. This is probably the first time all year that I'm going to take the Giants. This might be a sucker line, but I do think that the Giants can beat the Texans. So I'll take that. Yeah, no. Um, a lot of the money is on the Giants. It seems here early, but I mean, six and a half against the lowly, lowly Texans team doesn't seem too far fetched with the way they've been playing. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go Giants minus six and a half. I think they do more than enough to get the job done here. Cool. We have Detroit versus Chicago up next. The Lions head to Soldier Field where they are three point dogs against the Bears. Uh, over under set of 48 and a half. The Bears are minus 152 on the money line. Lions plus 128. Uh, this is a tough one. This is one of those games that I really don't want anything to do with. Uh, I don't know. I, I really don't like this game because the money's all over the Bears. I do think that the Bears can win this game. Um, I'll just take Bears money line, I guess. I don't know. I, I really don't like this one. I'm not confident in that pick at all, but uh, it's just because the public is scaring me. Yeah. That is tough. Yeah, that's a lot of money on the yeah, Bears. Yeah, it's man. insane. What I might do here, I might go with the over. The Bears defense is depleted. Um, we saw what teams can do against them if they move the ball. Obviously, the Lions aren't the Dolphins um, in even the slightest realm of imagination. But um, I do think that they will do enough to get the ball down the field and score some points. Um, and obviously, with the way Jay Fields has been playing, they're going to score points. And honestly, come Sunday, I will probably be betting the Bears. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the over here um, yeah. because I think that both teams get, get in the end zone a few times. All righty. Both of these teams are actually bad. And it just like I don't know. It's it scares me. So it, if I had to give you guys any advice, it's a stay away game, or maybe look for some props that you like. But yeah, okay. Saints uh, head to whatever it's called, Acrisure Stadium. Now that's not Heinz Field to face the Steelers. Saints currently two and a half point favorites, minus one forty eight on the money line. Over under set at forty one and a half. Um, Steelers plus one twenty six on the money line. Yeah, another one. Bad. Money's all over uh, the Steelers' spread. I will be going with the Saints. I'll take them on the money line. Yeah, I will also be going with the Saints. I'm going to take them minus 2.5. Um, I just Their defense is very good. Um, yeah. They held Lamar generally in check yesterday. Obviously, yeah. they still give up points, but you're going to give up points to Lamar Jackson. That's just how, it's just how football works. Um, 
and the Steelers don't have the weapons that equate to Lamar Jackson. So I'm taking the Saints minus two and a half. I think they make Kenny Pickett's life miserable. Cool. Uh, Cleveland taking on the Dolphins up next. This one's in Miami. Browns currently four-point dogs, plus 172 on the money line. Over-under set at 48 and a half. Dolphins minus 205 on the money line. I am taking a Jeff Wilson touchdown. Uh, I'd stay away from this spread. I know they didn't cover last week when the money was all over them. They probably will cover this week. Uh, But just a heads up, 82% of the money on FanDuel is on the Dolphins to cover minus four. So please be careful. Uh, I'll just stick with the Jeff Wilson touchdown. He's killer. I, I really like him. Yeah. Um, there's not, I don't have many doubts about the dolphins this week. I do think they cover the spread. Yeah. Um, so that would be my pick, but just to give a little variety, um, I'm also going to get involved with player here. I'm going to go with a Nick Chubb touchdown. He is the entirety of the Browns offense, um, inside of the red zone. So that's yeah. my pick. I think that's fair. And that's probably the odds on that are, are probably going to be around, what, minus 150, you think? Yeah, anywhere from like minus 150 to minus 120, depending on how much they value the Dolphins' run defense. But yeah, yeah somewhere there. Yeah, so if you guys are, are making touchdown parlays, which I know you know pretty much everybody does every Sunday, uh, that's, that's one that you definitely want to add in there because if they get into the red zone, it's going to Chubb. Okay, Vikings... Versus the Bills. We have an actual good game at 1 p.m. Vikings currently six and a half point dogs, plus 220 on the money line. Over under set at 45 and a half. This is a really tough one to pick. It really is. I am a Bills guy. I've always bet on the Bills when they've given me the opportunity for years now. I think they win this game. I'm a little bit worried about Allen, but I'm going to stick with them. I'm taking the Bills minus 6.5. This is a tough one, but the money's actually lopsided. It's on the Vikings. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, It's very rare that you get to bet Buffalo where the money isn't all over them. Um, And for that reason, I will also be taking the Bills minus 6.5. Josh Allen's health is something to monitor, obviously, as we get closer to Sunday. I think we should have a clear answer today. At least that's what uh, McDermott told us. So I'm hoping that comes back healthy. Um, I am going to get a portion of the bet in on the Bills, minus 6.5 right now, just in case when it comes out he's healthy, that line does move. Yep. Okay, cool. Uh, Broncos-Titans up next, another 1 p.m. game. Broncos currently three-point dogs in, <clears throat> Excuse me, in Nashville, plus 130 on the money line. Titans minus 154. The over-under set at 38.5. Give me the over. That's too low. Uh, These teams, you know, don't really score a ton of points, but this is way, way, way low. Broncos are coming off a bye. I think Mr. Unlimited is going to have a good game. I'll take over 38.5. Are they still rolling Malik Willis out there next week? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Well, actually, no, because Tannehill traveled with them last week, and he was like a late rule-out, so I think I think we'll actually have uh, Tannehill out there. So the offense should be a little bit more spry. I think I'm... Oh God, this hurts me to say. Um, I'm riding with Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, I know. I know, dude. I like him on the money line. Yep, that's exactly where I'm going. Give me the Broncos money line, plus 130 on FanDuel. I'm sure if you line shop, you probably get a little better somewhere. Yeah. But still. Uh, and give me the give me Mr. Unlimited plus one thirty. Um, 
He won me money in London, and that was the last time I bet on him, so I'm in on him again. Beautiful. Okay, Colts, Raiders up next. Uh, Colts currently six-and-a-half-point dogs against the Raiders. They're plus 225 on the money line. Raiders minus 275. Like I mentioned, that over-under is at 42-and-a-half. What I am going to do is take... Where is it? I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find the totals for the Colts. Colts total points is at 17 and a half. I am hammering the under. That's minus 122. So the Colts, Colts total points under 17 and a half is my pick for this game. Yeah. This game is either going to make me a lot of money or lose me a lot of money yep. this weekend. Um, <laughs> like I'm going to be taking Raiders minus six and a half. Um, I'm probably going to take them first half minus three or three and a half, whatever yeah. it is. I'm going to take the Colts team total under, like you said. Like I'm going to be all over this game. Um, but for my pick, I'm just going to take the Raiders minus six and a half. This is the definition of a must-win game. Their season is kind of chalked unless they can string together four, five, six wins in a row to sneak into a wild card spot. But still, you cannot go out there and lose to Sam Ellinger with his new coach, Jeff, Saturday after they scored three points last week. I agree. Uh, okay, Cardinals head to SoFi to face the Rams. The game's at 426. Cardinals currently three-point dogs. The Rams minus 164 on the money line. Cards plus 138. Over-under set at 43.5. Give me the fucking Cardinals. I think the Rams suck. I think the Cardinals' offense actually looks better than the Rams, believe it or not. Their run game is a tiny bit better. I like the Cards to win this one. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I do think the Cardinals can edge this one out. The Rams just haven't shown me anything, and I know this is probably like a smash spot for a lot of people for the Rams, but they just they really look bad. I think they actually look worse than the Cardinals. So I'll take the Cards. Yeah, I tend to agree with you here. I mean... As someone that was huge on the Rams last year, um, I can't find any reason to get behind them this year. I mean, they just don't look the same, even though they have 99% of the same players. Um, so um, I'm in on the cards. Um, I'm going to go cards. You know what? I'll take money line with you. Um, plus 138. I'm in. I mean, I think they do more than enough to keep this game close, and I think the value is there in them winning this football game. Yeah, and if you guys are going to take the spread, uh, I'd ask you to just take three and a half so you don't get a push because this could definitely just be a field goal game. There's a reason that it's set at three. Uh, Okay, Cowboys versus the Packers. Cowboys, five-point favorites against the Packers. Holy fuck, the money is 90% on the Cowboys. Uh, Minus 225 on the money line for the Cowboys, plus 188 for the Packers. Over-under set at 42 and a half. Wow. Uh, give me a Pollard. Give me Pollard 2+. plus. That's what I want in this game. I think the Packers actually do suck. They're terrible. Uh, but I'm not, I'm not getting involved in, in all that, that nonsense with the spread and the money. Uh, just give me Pollard 2+. plus. The odds on that are going to be great. So, Yeah, I mean, I said it. I'm done betting on the Packers. Oh, yeah. I can't. I cannot do it. Um, Aaron Rodgers isn't isn't doing it for me this year, man. Uh, I do like 
do like the Cowboys. I cannot take the 90%. I refuse. No, 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 no way. Um, fuck. I wish there were, I wish there were lines out. Um, I'm going to go Cowboys money line with a Tony Pollard touchdown. Okay. Cowboys money line and a Tony Pollard TD. Uh, and then our last game of the week, the Monday, Sunday night game. Oh, no, we have two more two more games. Sorry. Uh, Chargers, Niners. Oh, boy. Chargers currently seven-point dogs against the Niners in San Fran. Chargers plus 245 on the money line. The over-under set at 46.5. The Bosa brothers face off. Uh, give me Chargers plus seven. The money's all over San Fran. I think this is a great spot. You could even alt it down to ten and a half. I think the Chargers could win this game outright. Um, they say, you know, don't don't bet on the spread unless you think they can win outright. So I'm going to take the Chargers plus seven. I really like that. I, Chargers look bad. Well, their receiving core is bad, I should say. Um, and the Niners defense looks very good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with my boy. I'm going Chris McCaffrey touchdown. Um, Chargers defense feels like it loses a new player every day. Yeah, um, they do. By by our group chat and what Zach sends us, it feels like every day someone on <laughs> they got a new injury. Um, and that does not bode well. Um, when you have the weapons the Niners have, so I'm going Chris McCaffrey touchdown. Um, and if the odds are terrible on that, if it's like minus 200 or something, you might have to look to put it with something else. But as of now, my pick is Chris McCaffrey touchdown. Cool. I'm going to throw in an Eckler TD, too, because he's the only person that scores touchdowns on the Chargers, and if they're going to cover, he's going to have to score. So uh, I'm going to throw that in there. Okay, last game of the week, Eagles versus Commanders. This game's at the link. Eagles currently 10.5-point favorites, over-under set at 43.5. Eagles minus 5.10 on the money line. Commanders plus 390. Uh, boy. This is tough. First half spread is six points. I This burned us last week, and I'm going to go with it again. I think they can lead by a touchdown going into the, going into the, the second half. So I'll take Eagles minus six first half. I, I just, their spreads are too big. It sucks, but they're, they're too big. I, I can't take them uh, realistically and expect them to, to win by, you know, 11 points. Just no way. So I'll take Eagles first half. Minus yeah, no, I agree. Um, I'm one for two so far on their first half spreads. Obviously, we didn't hit it last week. Um, the week before, it did hit. I'm hoping for two for three. No one ever got mad about two for three. So I'm going Eagles first half minus six, two for three. We'll be we'll be happy. All right, cool. Uh, that's everything. Jeremy and I have a lot of different picks this week, like more than maybe we've ever had. I don't know if we have any of the same picks besides. The Bills, the Cardinals, and the Eagles. So that's yeah. that's dope. Uh, well, yeah, we are. It's good. We're covering all the bases. Some somebody's bound to have a good week, uh, or maybe we'll both have terrible weeks and just miss on the the same spots. Who knows? Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at Post Twenty Pod. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. All past episodes of the show are up there. Uh, you can also follow us and get ready 
uh, for the next however many episodes we do. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Make sure you uh, take care of yourselves. Good luck with the games this week, and we'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.